Welcome to the Not The Top 20 podcast, League 2 playoff preview, sponsored by Betfair. I'm Ali Maxwell. I've got George Ellick with me. We have absolutely loved covering League 2 this season. And last year's League 2 playoffs were very lively indeed, uh, particularly the second leg of the semi-final between Northampton and Cheltenham, and then Northampton blitzing Exeter in the final. The teams we're going to talk about today are Morecambe and Tranmere going head-to-head, having finished fourth and seventh. And in between them, Newport County and Forest Green. George, we are delighted and very lucky to be sponsored for all of our playoff preview podcasts by Betfair. We are very lucky. They are a great bookmaker who offer both a sportsbook and an exchange. I use Betfair for my own betting. The sportsbook is excellent, really, really good pricing for all football and a whole range of markets as well. Cards markets, shots markets, loads of other stuff as well. And then you've got the exchange, which is where I do a lot of my betting. It is effectively, you're betting against other people. They put up their, their money and you're taking that or you can put up your own lays themselves and let other people bet on those so i put um, up a lay didn't i in our league one podcast not going to give it away because people will listen to these in whichever order they prefer and i'm not one to give any spoilers but there you go i enjoyed making full use of of the exchange as well uh, as the sports book now this podcast is going to be a bit of a mixture of our two weekly pods the monday podcast so we're going to try our best to analyze the games and the managers and the players and the tactics and then also uh, the betting show which we do in the second half of the week we're merging the two so this podcast will touch on some betting selections therefore it is for over 18s only and not only that we ask that anyone listening is gamble aware understand the risks that come with gambling head to begambleaware.org betfair do have a offer on multiples if you bet 20 pounds worth of multiples you get a five pound free bet multiples includes doubles and above and bet builders as well we'll be building some of our uh what would you call them ad hoc, no, bespoke bets using Betfair's Bet Builder later on. Each multiple must have at least one selection at minimum odds of 1.5. The free bet is valid on multiples as well. Terms and conditions do apply. Please go to the Betfair website to find out more. Now, the League Two playoff schedule, George, has been behaving badly in the last few days. It's it's not subscribing to tradition uh, in any way whatsoever. So where normally we might start with third against seventh, in this one, we've got to start with fourth against fifth. Why is that? Game is behaving badly. Uh, (laughs) That is because Newport County are relaying their pitch. Classic. Because... It has gone from being a beautiful surface at the beginning of the season to being a ploughed field. And given the, the type of football that um, that uh, Michael Flynn likes to play, it um, doesn't really suit them. But it does mean that they've forfeited their perceived advantage of playing at home in the second leg. And their first leg game is at Rodney Parade on Tuesday at 8.15. And then the second leg, the um, Forest Green Sorry, the Tranmere Morecambe first leg is on Thursday, so it's a little bit weirder. Um, and I guess it could have some impact. I, I mean, people who've listened to the Championship and League One playoffs will know that I'm wrestling in my head about just how much we, how much weight we give home advantage for these ties. I'm not sure that much, but we'll see. George Ellick, head wrestler. Um, I'm going to start with uh, some stats, courtesy a friend of the pod, Ollie Brady, who worked very hard to find any nuggets of interest. I, I always think that 
there's so much disgust about form, momentum, mentality, all of those things. <laughs> I and, thought you said disgust, not disgust. Well, I, I do have some... <laughs> there's so much disgust about form from you, the momentum denier. <laughs> I do have some disgust about the way that the playoffs get previewed uh, in other places where the word momentum just gets thrown about with very little uh, explanation of what it actually means and, and how they are judging it. Anyway, Ollie Brady says League Two is interesting because it's the only league where there's not been a single winner uh, out of those who have had the worst form over the final 10 games. Now, that could be bad news for Forest Green and Tranmere. Those two have the worst form over the last 10 games out of these four teams. But if you look at the final six games, then the number skyrockets up to five total winners in terms of the best form over the final six. So much more so than the Championship and League One. In League Two, the history suggests that having a late surge of hashtag momentum could have a bit of a, uh, a more of an impact in League Two. Now, that team this year would be Morecambe. They amassed 15 points in their last six games. Uh, that's only been equaled once. Southend in 14-15 was actually bettered by Cheltenham last season. But I think we sort of leave them out, or at least we have an asterisk there, because, of course, there was a three-month break between the 37th league game uh, and the uh, the playoffs as they were last season. Now, this crop of League Two playoff contenders' final 10-game form, George, has been very poor compared to other years. The four teams we're going to talk about today have only amassed a total of 57 points between them, which is lower than all but two years in League Two. And it does feel like when I was prepping this, there's way more uncertainty around at least two, if not three of these four teams than we would have had maybe in uh, in analysing the Championship and League One. It's quite a confusing playoff picture in general, but that almost makes it more interesting. Uh, let's start with Newport and Forest Green. Bit of uh, how the season went context for the listener who might not have followed League Two closely. Both of these teams finished on 73 points from 46 games. So overall, very similar. And that always makes for a good playoff tie, in my opinion. For Newport, you can split their season into three, really. They started like a house on fire. Uh, however, that would start a league season. They were top of the league after 16 games on 36 points, seven clear of fourth at that point. Then there was a mega, mega dip. Uh, it did coincide with the pitch issues that you referenced. They got 12 points from 15 games and dropped out the playoffs. So as well as they started, then they had a similarly bad run uh, not long after that. Dropped out the playoffs, recovered, thankfully, in April after that pitch got uh, sorted to a certain extent. They had to play a few games in Cardiff as it got uh, as it recovered and finished strong Newport with four wins, four draws and one defeat in their last nine, only conceding three goals in their last nine league games. Um, Forest Green, well, they started pretty well, you have to say. They only lost, well, out their first th 34, they only lost seven games, but they were struggling to turn draws into wins. Two months ago today, George, they were third in the league table. But instead of, instead of turning those draws into wins, they turned quite spectacularly into defeats. They lost five out of six out of nowhere. And Dale Vince, I don't want to say panicked, but took the decision to sack Mark Cooper, who'd been in charge for a long time and had a lot of support from Dale Vince, saying this decision we've made today is about giving ourselves the best chance of securing promotion with five games left. Now, they did recover. They did make it into the playoffs, just about. And now Jimmy Ball is in charge. He was working in the academy uh, before Mark Cooper's sacking. He is the son of Alan Ball, World Cup winner. Can that family add an equally prestigious <laughs> League Two playoff win to their name. Um, just quickly, the games between them in the regular season, if that's of interest to you. Forest Green won 2-0 in the first game. It wasn't a football match, though. It, it was being played in a sandpit. 
Um, Davison scored a nice goal for Forest Green. Dodgy keeping from Townsend in the Newport goal. And then a Jamil Matt penalty made it 2-0. And they drew one all in December. Uh, again, a nice goal uh, by Jamil Matt for Forest Green. And it was Newport this time who scored a penalty to equalise 1-1. So, George... I'm going to throw to you to start the analysis of this one because I think this is incredibly tough to call. It's definitely tough to call. I, I wouldn't necessarily want to pick a winner of this tie. Um, I'll run through the odds quickly. Um, Newport are 13 to 10 to win the tie in 90 minutes. The draws 23 to 10. Forest Green 21 to 10. Forest Green are favourites to qualify. Three to four, Newport County, even money. Now, if I had to have a bet on that market, I think I'd be, I'd be backing Newport at even money, purely because I don't think there's a great deal between these two sides. And I don't necessarily think Forest Green under Jimmy Ball should be favourites. I think with playoff games, and I've got to be careful here because I said exactly this last season for the League Two playoffs and Mysterious Curl made me look a, a bit of a fool. Um, but I, I think going into this game, it would be very hard not to give advantage to Newport in terms of who they have running the side, you know, who they have picking the team, who they have um, in the dugout in Michael Flynn over ball. Now, that's not to say the ball isn't a good manager or won't be a good manager, but there's not enough data. There's not enough evidence there for you to come out and, and definitively say that he is. I, I was in at Quest the, the day that he first came in, uh, his first game um, after... Um, Mark Cooper had left and they won that game 3-2 against Scunthorpe and the fan feeling that I saw on social media amongst Forest Green fans was this is kind of a new a new dawn a new way of playing um the shackles are off two nil nil draws followed that against Exeter and Crawley and then a two nil loss to Barrow before back-to-back wins just about got them back into the playoffs I think it's hard to be too enamoured with, with any of that form, really. You know, I, I know that they were good against Gunthorpe and they were probably better value than the 3-2 victory. But against the Tranmere side, who, away from home especially, under Keith Hill, were abject. And Keith Hill ended up being sacked despite getting them in the playoffs. I think it tells you all you really need to know about that. And then the Oldham game, where it was 0-0 at half-time, they needed to win to get in against a team who, who had nothing really to play for and they managed to ease clear in the second half. There, there are too many question marks for me to side with Forest Green here. You know, Jamil Matt's injury has shaken them as it would. Aaron Collins obviously finished the season very well, but I'm, I'm much more intent to take a 46 game sample rather than, or 45, 44 game sample than, than just the last couple of games. I still think they lack a decent goal scorer. For Newport, the home form looks on paper to be very good. You know, they've won their last three games at home albeit against two of them against Crawley and Scunthorpe. They won those games 2-0 and 4-0 before beating Cheltenham on final day 1-0, a Cheltenham side who'd already secured promotion, uh, or not quite on final day, the, the game before final day. Um, a look at the data side of things makes quite worrying reading, I think, for Newport. Um, if you look at the last four games, their XG4 is, is 0.75, the XG against is 0.84 over, over the last eight games. It doesn't really improve. Again, both for and against under one. And I think that's the way that I'm going to go here. I, I'm not convinced enough about either to be to be backing them to win the games. Um, and certainly at the prices, you know, Newport at 13 to 10, there are enough nagging doubts and enough unknowns, I think, around Forest Green. Um, but having said that, I do think there seems to be quite a lot of value of, of opposing goals here. If we look at their recent results... 
there are nil nils littered through these teams' recent games. Newport drew nil nil at home to Stevenage back at the end of February. They drew nil nil at home to Carlisle in in mid April. And even one nils, you've got the one nil loss against Orient, the one nil win against Bolton, the one nil loss against Cambridge, the one nil win against Cheltenham. There are loads of low scoring affairs involving Newport, and the same can be said of Forest Green, who have drawn twice nil nil in their six games under Jimmy Ball. This is again is another one where it's a lot rides on this. It's a huge game, I think. Given the fact they're digging up their pitch, despite the good recent home form, I think Michael Flynn will feel more comfortable playing on a sounder surface that they'll get when they go to Forest Green for the second leg. I could see this being a really cagey affair, which in which one goal could possibly win it. And for that fact, I'm I'm getting against goals. That's basically the only thing. Well, it's I'm quite keen on it as well. It's not just I, I need to have a bet. I think the way to play this is to back nil nil at seven to one. And back under 1.5 goals at two to one, so you're, you're getting the the one nil either either side in in the satchel. I'd be pretty surprised if this proved to be an end to end goal fest. I couldn't agree more. I'm certainly backing the nil nil at seven to one. I'm also going to back a first leg draw at uh, 23 to 10. I almost don't want to do a huge amount of opinionated analysis because everything funnels back to. I'm finding it very difficult to pick between these two teams. I'm willing to admit, I do not know or even have a, a, a mid-strength opinion as to which team will progress to the final. And and that actually really excites me. Like, I can't wait to, to watch this game with no real preconceived notions as to what might happen. Tactically, I think it's an interesting one. I think both teams want the ball more than your average League Two team. Now, Newport season, as we said, has been so topsy-turvy, both in terms of form, but also, like, it was in terms of tactics as well. We spoke a lot at the very beginning of the season about how Mike Flynn, he had he had wanted to throw aside this notion that he was a, you know, lump it at him, physicality, set pieces kind of manager. He wanted to prove that he could do more than that. He has a relationship with Pep Guardiola, which is very nice. And he wanted to basically not be pigeonholed in his future managerial career. And it worked really well to start with. Their build-up play was brilliant. They were playing three at the back system and it was working so well. A big part of that was a, a young loanee from Swansea called Brandon Cooper and his quality on the ball. And then the other loanee was the star man, Scott Twine. And I think we were all pretty enamoured with the things that he was doing in a Newport County shirt. But then during their blip, I mean, it was put down to those both of those loanees being recalled, which they weren't expecting, but which can happen, does happen with loanees, and the pitch really deteriorating, which meant they couldn't play you know, they couldn't trust or be confident in their sort of short passing build up from the back style because they were really struggling to to progress the uh, progress the ball in the same way that they were in the start of the season. Forest Green, I've always thought of as a very like process driven, technical possession based team for League Two level. Again, not to like a huge extreme, though, this season um, and in recent games under um, under Jimmy Ball. They, they've they've just got they've got a squad that really interests me. I think that's the thing that interests me most about Forest Green. I think the way I would sum up the two teams is I think Forest Green have a much higher ceiling than Newport in terms of a performance level that they could get to, but I have absolutely no way of relying on Forest Green performing at that level. Like final day was a great example. They were terrible in the first half against Oldham. They needed a performance and a result. They didn't put it in in the first half, and then they pulled away in the second half and they looked really good. 
I think Forest Green have got the better players, and there's a load of players I'm really interesting to watch, uh, interested to watch closer. A lot of young players. Um, Godwin Malif, the defender, I'm really keen to keep a close eye on. Uh, Odin Bailey as well, uh, who's a Birmingham kid who's he's just got a bit of X factor. I'm not sure how consistent he's been. You can say that about most uh, you know players of that ilk at League Two level, but I think he's got a bit of magic in his locker. Um, and they've got Jordan Moore-Taylor. A lot of um, EFL fans will know him for a long stint at Exeter. He's actually been playing in a defensive midfield role um, rather than a, a centre-back role where he used to play. I'm just not sure they've really put it all together yet, Forest Green, and that would be my main concern about them. Newport, they are back towards that possession style. In the last few weeks, uh, the majority of their games, they've had the majority of the ball. On the ball, Josh Sheehan is the player to watch. He's plays in their midfield. He's the sprayer. He's the playmaker. He's a, a really nice player to watch at this level. But while they might have recovered well to finish the season, and while they have recovered pretty well from losing Twine and Cooper, they really lack a goal threat. It, both individually and as a team, they really struggle to score goals from open play. Forest Green's open play numbers are much better in attack and in defence than Newport's. Of course, Newport do have a set-piece threat and, and always have a set-piece threat, whether it's Dolan, Dimitriou, whoever it might be trotting up from the back, Scott Bennett as well. That's always been a good um, source of goals for them. But I'm worried about their lack of goal scorers um, at the top end of the pitch. Podge Armand has only scored six this season. Uh, he's kind of, you know, he's only started about half of the league games. Um, and Nicky Maynard, who came in in January, has two goals uh, in 19 appearances, 12 starts. So they're really struggling for a reliable goal scorer. They've tried out, and this is my favourite part of the whole of this whole tie. They've been trying out a youngster called Lewis Collins recently, George. Now you flagged him up to me uh, as someone playing up top for Newport. Really pacey young Welsh player, just turned 20 years old. He scored a goal against Scunthorpe. It's the only goal he's got so far in uh, 900 odd minutes this season. The exciting thing is, is that Newport had a very exciting young striker a few years ago, and his name was Collins, and his first name was Aaron Collins, and now he plays for Forest Green, and he's the brother of Lewis Collins. So Aaron Collins has to be a huge storyline here. Not only will he be playing up top for Forest Green and his brother will hopefully be playing up top for Newport, his former club, his boyhood club, but he's the key for Forest Green because they are a team that create chances and all season it was notable how many chances they were missing and how much they relied on Jamil Matt for their goals. Now, Matt suffered a horrible hand injury uh, a few weeks ago against Bolton and he's ruled out for the whole playoffs. And... I don't think it's exaggerating to say, outside of Matt, Aaron Collins really is Forrest Green's sort of only hope of someone, you know, basically scoring goals from open play at the top end of the pitch in this semi-final. So that's a big storyline for me. Uh, Aaron Collins, the one to watch. And yeah, I just I sort of go around the houses um, with all of those factors. Newport I probably can rely on their on their performance level. I can rely on them being well drilled, up for it, well coached. Can I rely on them to score many goals? I'm not sure. Forest Green, bit more of a wild card for me with a manager that we don't know a huge amount about and in whose tenure so far, they've been good, they've been bad, they've been in between. I, I personally think the first game's got a draw written all over it, as I said. So that's what I'm betting on. Uh, 23 to 10, that one, for the first leg to be a draw. I'll also back the nil-nil uh, at 7 to 1. And to be honest, if it is tight... Heading into the second leg, I'm going to be looking for uh, a market on there being a penalty shootout in this game because I honestly see this one going right to the wire. I think Forest Green Newport might well go to penalties. 
any other business on uh, Forest Green, Newport County, George? No, purely because, I mean, we should point out here that there is the bet builder tool on the sports book. So if you have a few fancies in the game, you can put them together for kind of a one game acker. The difficulty for me is that because I think it's going to be nil-nil, there isn't really much else you can do. <laughs> so I'll look to do one in the next. But uh, yeah, if you disagree with me, I mean, maybe for for Ali's one here, you could do, for example, the draw and under two and a half goals. I mean, that's only one nil and, and, and nil-nil, but you're covering both. Uh, and then maybe yes, and that would be... That sounds so that right be, up my street. That would be five to two, 3.5. So there you go. Okay, let's pop that one in there. And let's move yeah. on and, and talk again uh, about Morecambe uh, and Tranmere. Now, this is a really, really interesting tie on both sides again. Uh, Morecambe finished fourth, uh, their highest league position in the highest division they've been in. Uh, and Tranmere just about uh, held on to their playoff place in seventh, but finished the season in very poor form. And we know what happened next. Keith Hill sacked by Tranmere on Monday ahead of the playoffs. And very similar to that quote I read out from Dale Vince about Mark Cooper, uh, the Palioses said, and they are not people to pull the trigger quickly. Are they not, are they not called the Pallii? Paliosi. No. Okay. <laughs> the Palioses. Um, it doesn't sound right, does it, the Palioses? Well, no. what they did was decide, essentially, that the Tranmere fans who will be in the stadium for the home game against Morecambe was so anti-Keith Hill that the negative energy would clearly have a negative impact on the team. So they have taken the decision of what I would call the vibes decision, um, the atmosphere decision. They sacked Keith Hill and Ian Dawes comes back in. Now, in terms of the regular season, both teams won 1-0 away from home uh, in two tight games. Uh, in the in the game at Tramir, Morecambe, it was a, a goal from a penalty. Both goalkeepers made big saves. It was tight, not much in it. Uh, and then in the game at Morecambe, Adam Phillips, the day before being recalled by Burnley, missed a penalty. Jan Songo got sent off uh, for a homophobic slur. Uh, Tramir put the pressure on after that and won the game. And as you can imagine, there was quite a lot of fallout from that. Sam Lavelle, the Morecambe captain, said this week they feel like they kind of owe Tramir one. So without wanting to go into the details of it all, just keep an eye out for that because I think this one could get quite tasty um, just in terms of there being a bit of beef, shall we say, uh, on the pitch. As mentioned, George Morecambe, unbelievable season for them, finishing fourth after always being between basically 18th and 22nd in the last five years. Derek Adams said he wanted to get rid of the little old Morecambe tag, and they absolutely have. But I think we should start with Tranmere and the news of them sacking Keith Hill, that Ian Dawes will take them into the playoffs, because that has to be quite an important part of our analysis here. And I think it makes them a complete wild card, to be honest. It's it's really hard to know how to quantify that decision. Um, now, what I would say is that Keith Hill's... The run under Keith Hill is the reason why Tranmere in the playoffs, okay? So they went on this incredible run of nine wins in 12 games, which got them there. They then lost the pap and, and they, you know, I, I saw a fair bit of them during that time. And I also saw them beat Oxford in the Papa John semi-final and they were mightily impressive on that day. They went to, to Wembley and they lost and something seems to have happened there. You know, you talk about Keith Hill's interview, talking about the lack of unity. You talk about the Palioses feeling like they had to make a change. There seems to be some discussion about Keith Hill's, um, old school management style, maybe rubbing up a few players the wrong way. You know, maybe an old school manager coming up against more sensitive um, new school players and there being a bit of a clash. 
and the three wins in the next 13 put paid to any chances that run had created of a top three finish, but it did get them into the playoffs. Now, the big elephant in the room here around all this talk of, of um, you know, of, of unity and the mentality and it being Hill's fault and other stuff, it kind of reminds me of Sierra Alta in Watford, is that the, the form also massively dips when your striker who's got 18 goals in 28 games suddenly sustains an injury. Um, and, and nobody seems to really realise that Tramir basically don't have a striker when they when they've when they've got Vaughan playing there. You know, Paul Lewis has been the Very, major striker. That is shots fired at England international David Nugent. Fine, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm fine with that. You know, they, but they don't. I mean, they haven't had anybody to to put the ball in the back of the net for that time of the same quality as Vaughan. Lewis has been kind of the main goal threat, even though he doesn't score particularly often. Um, and we don't know if Vaughan is going to be back. You know, Keith Hill said before he was sacked that he was hopeful that he'd be back for the playoffs. Uh, he made this kind of weird return from this knee injury where he came off the bench twice and then hasn't been seen for the last four games. And kind of personally, I would like to know whether or not Vaughan will be fit for these games before probably having a, a decent bet. Um, but I think that it's it's kind of easy to get caught up in the noise around this. And I think it's fairly unlikely that we're going to see a totally different rejuvenated um, Tranmere side here. You know... <laughs> You can only do... Palios has made the only change that he can make. He can't go and get new players. He can't do... You know, this is... If, if you think you need to instigate a change in order to, to make an improvement, the only thing you can do is sack the manager and hope for the best. And that's what he's done here. This couldn't be more different to Morecambe, who come into this game having just missed out on the automatic promotion places. And normally I would be very concerned for a team who's come so close to just fall at the final hurdle. But it just doesn't feel like that. You know, the Morecambe fans are buzzing. They adore the manager. Everybody's pulling in the right direction. The run of form that we saw towards the back end of the season of five wins in six came in the midst of like a really bad injury crisis at the club. <laughs> you know, it's, it just often gets overlooked. We talk about, you know, Stockton's been the consistent one, but whether it's Mendez Gomez or O'Sullivan or Wildig, these are all players who've missed games in that in that time frame. Um, Meller as well because of his suspension and it didn't really seem to matter they are so adept at dropping in deep and preventing the opposition from creating chances whilst also being incredibly good on the break and I just think there is there's a gulf between these two sides and that and that is kind of played out in terms of the, the to qualify prices where Tranmere 11 to 10 and Morecambe are 8 to 11 Morecambe are, are the right price there um, but it's <sighs> It, the only thing that slightly puts me off is that Tranmere's home form has been pretty good, even in the middle of this of this difficult run. You know, it's held up. They've only lost one game in their last nine. But I still think as a betting heat, you have to side with a better team here. And I'm not going to go all out and back Morecambe at 15 to 8, because I think you need to have the draw on side, because Tranmere do draw a lot of games at home. Um, or not have it on side, but have the draw insurance, I guess. So I'm backing Morecambe draw no bet, um, which I think is even money. Uh, yeah, as it stands, yeah, even money, Morecambe draw no bet seems to be the way to go uh, for me in this tie. I'm finding it funny and a bit nerve-wracking because I backed Morecambe to win the League Two playoffs uh, on Monday before Keith Hill got sacked. And just the uncertainty of it all now with Ian Dawes coming in and... Clearly, there will be a massively improved atmosphere 
it was a popular decision with the fans and therefore I do think the atmosphere at Tramere is going to be rocking. They will be right behind Ian Dawes uh, and this team. And so for someone who's picked Morecambe to win the playoffs and already backed them, it slightly put the willies up me, to be honest. And mm. I'd be fascinated to know what Morecambe themselves are feeling internally about this managerial change. I mean, they would have been so confident, wouldn't they, of beating a Keith Hills, you know, surly Tranmere side, which was very but, much, you know, the team were playing in the image of their manager and his post-match press conferences were remarkable over the last few weeks. I've never seen anything quite like it. And so now there's just uncertainty. That's not to say they'll lack confidence. I, think, I, I, I personally think, and I might be wrong, I think if you ask Derek Adams, would he rather play against the Keith Hill side or an Ian Dawes and Andy Parkinson side? I think he'd say the latter. I think he would have much more respect for a manager who's who's done what Hill's done in the game rather than come up against two novices personally. I mean, that's not to say that he won't be fearful of some kind of a a reaction. But I think if you're just looking at this as a battle between two tacticians, I think he'd be happy. That's a good point. That is a good point. But I'm sure Derek Adams won't be showing that sort of complacency. Um, Ian Dawes. No. Let's talk Ian Dawes because he did have a caretaker spell and it was exceptionally, exceptionally successful. After Mike Jackson left, Ian Dawes came in and the club was not in a great place or the team was not in a great place. Uh, and under Ian Dawes, between Mike Jackson and Keith Hill, they won three league games, 1-0, 4-3 and 5-0. They also won in the Papa Johns and in the FA Cup against the team in the league above. Pretty much the, well, I was going to say the best they were all season. That might be exaggerating, but they were playing very, very well. Uh, they were playing a diamond formation. So hopefully we might see the return of a diamond because I do love a diamond when it's working well. <laughs> With Jay Spearing at the base of it, um, he used uh, either Danny Lloyd or Kieran Morris uh, at the tip. Uh, and then in terms of the sort of shuttlers on the outside, players that I would normally consider to be sort of quite attacking minded wide players. So Otis Khan, Kieran Morris also played there. Um, Liam Feeney played there at some point as well. And then it was Vaughan up top with Corey Blackett-Taylor. Now, Blackett-Taylor is a bit of a wild card for me here because he hasn't played a ton of football this season, just nine games from the start and 11 off the bench. And it, I mean, it's clear that Hill didn't really fancy him, but he did start their last game of the season against Colchester. He started up front with Nugent and Vaughan came off the bench. Now Vaughan is, as you've touched on, clearly the headline. Someone who's capable of taking a half chance in the manner that, that the majority of League Two strikers don't do. And his injury has clearly coincided with their poor form. He's back. We know that. He played in the final game of the season. He came off the bench. How sharp will he be? How much will he be impacted by this spell on the sidelines? Uh, I'm, I believe he had some knee surgery. We've no idea, really. It's hard for me to imagine that he'll be peak James Vaughan, which is a shame because in full flight, he's a, he's, he's a fantastic striker for the level. But that's definitely a question mark for Tranmere. Their goalkeeper, Scott Davis, is missing as well. And he's crucial not just between the sticks, but also in a sort of leadership capacity. So, so much up in the air with Tranmere. I just want to point out that they've got some really good players. Mm. like and, and there might be an extent to which, because I haven't watched every Tramia game this season and clearly at times they've underperformed. The fans might think, no, no, you're overrating some of these guys. But just on paper, right, Kane Woolery, Corey Blackett-Taylor, Kieran Morris, Otis Khan, Liam Feeney, you know, we're leaving aside Vaughan here. All of those guys can do good things in the final third, can be match winners, I think, if they're up for it and if they're, you know, if the system is good enough. So that's why I just think they're a bit of a wild card here. For Morecambe, Tactically, it's an interesting one. 
They've got the lowest possession percentage in the league. And yet they basically, by the end of the season, I'd be confident in saying they're the best attacking team in League Two. And I think that's something brilliant, isn't it? The team that yeah. that has the ball the least, but does the most with the time that they have with the ball. That's what you want. And it's great to watch. You know, they have in Cole Stockton up front, who's playing against his old club in Tranmere, a guy who, a bit like Tom Hopper for Lincoln in League One, you would have said he does everything but score. He holds the ball up well, it sticks to him, he brings others into play. And then, guess what? Recently, he's been scoring and <laughs> scoring well. Uh, and that's pretty exciting. He's got, I think it's uh, nine goals in the last three months and he's looked really sharp, some really good finishes as well. So Stockton comes into the playoffs motivated, playing against a former club and bang in form. They've got Carlos Mendes Gomez, who we absolutely love. Probably the best individual player in this uh, League Two playoff campaign, I would say. So, therefore, a big one to watch for the neutral. Um, he is a well, what is he? He's a forward player. He can play off the off the um, off the left. He can play through the middle. He's got 15 goals this season. He's just a nightmare for defenders with his movement, his skill on the ball, uh, and he's added that sort of poacher's instinct to his game. Scored a lot of good goals in the six-yard box in the last few months. Has really, really developed. They've got a, a, an EFL favourite in Tumani Diagaraga uh, playing centre midfield, and he's really shown off some dancing feet recently. I think a lot of people think he's just a, a bit of a screener uh, in front of the back four, but actually he's shown some real creativity recently uh, and, and can carry the ball through midfield as well. Uh, and Sam Lavelle, probably my, my favourite of their defensive players, centre-back, captain, solid at the back, great player, really like Sam Lavelle. So a little bit like with Forest Green Newport, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I'm uber confident in in any predictions, to be honest. I have backed Morecambe to win the playoffs. I still think they're the best team and, and I think they're in the best shape. But there's just so much uncertainty about the other clubs that makes me less confident with predictions and probably more excited about the football itself. In terms of this Morecambe-Tranmere game, betting-wise, what are you going for? Well, do, I mean, that Morecambe-Jorno um, bet is is the main bet here for me um and i'm also backing Morecambe to to win the playoffs as well um on the exchange market they are on the exchange they're 3.4 which i think is is fair they're the favorites to do so um and i think they have to be the favorites as you've just mentioned there they're the best attacking side there are, there are very few holes you can pick um they're 12 to sorry 12 to 5 on the sports book as well to win it still the favorites there are very few holes to pick at all so that would be the way that i would go um i'll be interested when the when the first goal scorer stuff comes out i'll be interested in prices for stockton because he's been in incredible form at the moment and it feels like over the course of the season um more kind of changed from a side um who where stockton was kind of part of the the build up play to now being a side that's kind of catered around creating chances for him um which is good for him as a striker never been prolific before but suddenly scoring a lot of goals um so yeah that would probably be the way i'd go I'd, i wouldn't put you off um just walk him to win one nil at 15 to two as well um because Tramme, as i say don't concede many goals so if, if you wanted a bit of a bigger price that would pro- probably be the way i would be looking to do it maybe also in the in the bet builder Morecambe to win uh, and under two and a half goals so just covering off one nil and, and two nil there that's 5.77 so just a bit bigger than nine to two. They would be my my angles of attack. Okay, well, I think we're both picking Morecambe to win the League Two playoffs. Then um, the fourth best team in the league, the best out of this four over forty six games, and we're backing them to finish off what would be the most remarkable story, perhaps, uh, in the EFL season. In terms of 
the the game against Tranmere, the first leg, I have a feeling it could be quite exciting. I have a feeling it could be quite open, and therefore I'm looking at goals angles here. Um, as we said, it's very difficult to predict Tranmere's team, their starting eleven, their formation, their performance, the tactics, their mindset. I am leaning towards them basically having a bit of a go. I'm not sure that with uh, the changes this week, there's going to be a huge amount of like, okay, detailed tactical setup here. I'm just hoping that Ian Dawes goes back to the Dawes diamond, puts a load of these talented attacking players on the pitch and basically gives them license to, to go and do what Keith Hill clearly wasn't letting them do or wasn't allowing them to do because of his tactics. So I'm going both teams to score in the first leg at four to five. And over 2.5 goals as well at 11 to 10. Now, with the Betfair Bet Builder, you can pop those together into a double, uh, which is 2.39. So, those are my selections for the Morecambe Tranmere game. In terms of Forest Green Newport, just a reminder uh, as we wrap this up that I am backing a first leg draw at 23 to 10. Uh, I'm backing 0 0 at 7 to 1. And then there's that bet builder double as well uh, that you suggested and which I like a lot. That is a draw and under 2.5 goals there. So you get the nil-nil and the one-nil on side. Uh, that is five to two on the Betfair bet builder. Remind me what you're se selecting for Newport against Forest Green. Yeah, we're we're knocking heads together with that nil-nil in the uh, Newport um, Forest Green game. Also backing under one and a half at two to one as well. And then for the Tramier-Morecambe game, it's just a straight up um, Morecambe draw no bet, even money, but bigger prices, maybe uh, a half a point, I guess, on that 1-0 to Morecambe at 15-2. to two. Or if you wanted to do a bet builder, Morecambe to win the game and under two and a half goals at 5.77. So just a bit bigger than 9-2. to two. So the fixtures themselves are a little bit all over the place. We've got Newport Forest Green on Tuesday at 8.15 and Tranmere Morecambe on Thursday at 6pm. Make sure that you follow us on Twitter at NTT20Pod. We'll be tweeting through those games, no doubt. Uh, watching them, hopefully, with you guys enjoying them as well. Get in touch with us if you've got about the League 2 playoffs themselves. I think you can probably tell, George and I, maybe compared to League 1 and the Championship, feeling a little less certain about things. Uh, but as I'm keen to point out, that is no bad thing. And I love heading into a playoff picture where I genuinely don't really know what's going to happen. But both of us leaning towards Morecambe, the shrimps, doing the business. Thanks for listening to this League Two playoff podcast. It's been sponsored by Betfair. Thank you to Betfair for their sponsorship of the podcast. They've also got an offer on multiples, which is bet £20 worth of multiples and you get a £5 free bet. Uh, and that's a really nice offer for any of you who are going to be using the bet builders because that applies to this as do anything that's doubles and above. Each multiple must have at least one selection at minimum odds of 1.5 and the free bet is valid on multiples as well. For all the T's and C's, head to the Betfair website. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you haven't heard the League One and the Championship editions of the playoff preview content, then you can find them exactly where you found this one. Uh, we'll be back again next week. We're going to be looking back at how our 1-24 pre-season predictions did on Monday before a ball is even kicked in the playoffs. You'll be able to listen to that one. And then, of course, a massive playoff final preview the following Monday ahead of the greatest weekend of the year playoff final weekend george i wish you all the best with oxford united and your foray into the playoffs hope you get a ticket to the cast thanks for joining me on these playoff preview podcasts we'll talk again soon <laughs>